0: Hello, hello. Hello, Bugger. Are you walking through those city streets, Vanessa?
1: I am. Where are you at?
0: Good, because I'm laying in the bed with my dream man. I was going <laughs> to lay in the bed and watch Nick Cannon. I was going to watch Wally on Nick Cannon. I was like,
1: I got to get out. I got to get out. I didn't even take no shower. I was like, got to just get out here for this
0: walk. Oh, dang. But can no, I just take okay. a bye day you got to fly today? back to Africa. Yeah, you
1: got to fly back to Africa. So that kind of gives you a little bit of a pass. Okay, about. okay. But you do You bringing the energy for the team because remember you was in the house. I made you go outside. I'm about to go outside Not for some integrity. I'm about to go outside. You've got to work. get the elevator. you got to do what? Come on, let's do it.
0: Oh no, I'm waiting for our food I had ordered some food for us, don't you worry I got it, <laughs> listen this is That's really that's why I got to wait Y'all, welcome to Black History camp. My name is Morgan Dixon and That's my little sister, my friend My whole girl, Vanessa Garrison On the other line, out in these New York City streets, this is what we call a walk and talk. Ordinarily, we'd both be walking out in different parts of our hometown. Right now, there are thousands of women walking, carrying the torch, for me at least, but who really are carrying the torch for themselves, lacing up their sneakers, opening their front door, and walking outside in their healthiest, most fulfilled life in the direction of that, y'all, and hope. So if you are like me and you like, Lord, I need to rest today, well, God bless you. if you are out walking and caring it for the community and mostly feeling the the light on your skin, how do you inspire me today, y'all. We were on the Today Show yesterday. A lot of you know that. A lot of you cheered her us. So grateful. It was so much fun. But Vanessa and I, doing the most, were like, we're going to be on the Today Show. Then we're going to do a photo shoot. Because <laughs> we don't pay for this makeup. We
1: don't pay for this That's makeup. Right. We're going to do a photo shoot. I was left my eyelashes. I was like, I wanted to go make it until the morning.
0: Then I had to take them off, but I was trying to send them. <laughs> we took a photo shoot, and shout out to our friends. And Taylor, who is one of the truest allies ever. We walked all over Manhattan looking for spots, chasing the light. We saw a rainbow, y'all. We was in Central Park. Vanessa climbed up a boulder and then slid down the stairs. I mean, we had so much fun—like old-school fun, y'all. Like fun, like in the grass, fun. And then at the very end, we went. We walked across the Brooklyn Bridge. So, y'all, I got my walk in for today. I just did it yesterday. We got—we did so much walking, and we did it in heels most of the time. So, I'm saying we must have got a couple miles and around New York City so please forgive me and please walk for me today because I'm feeling a little tired and I am impressed by you Vanessa because you must be tired too and grateful for you.
1: We're going to wrap up our time together in New York on the Harlem Pier today from 3 to 5 p.m. So if you're a trucker in the area come out and hang out with us for a few hours. Awesome.
0: I can't wait to see y'all up in Harlem. Don't worry what you look like just come as you are. Don't judge me. I will not have makeup on. You need to love me with and without makeup. That's what I'm just saying to the community. <laughs> with or without eyebrows. That's what
1: you need to you need to love in this way. But that's the two.
0: Everybody, come as you are. If you have a Girl Trek shirt, please wear your Girl Trek blue because we're going to get some video, do some selfies, have a lot of fun. Certainly get in some walking. Oh, I'll get a walking then too. That'll be great. Y'all, I'm going to ask you a question and text me the answer to the question if you want us to discuss it on today's call, because I don't, listen, we're going to have some extra time on today's call. I know a little bit, I don't know that much, but I just really wanted to do this, crew. But here's the question I have for you. When is the first time you felt beautiful, truly beautiful, or not? When is the first time you felt beautiful or not beautiful? All right, Vanessa. Be thinking about that. I've been thinking about it, too. And I want to go into today's Black History Bootcamp. Well, maybe we can talk about that first and then we can frame it just so people can start thinking. When is the first time you felt beautiful or not beautiful?
1: well not beautiful when you said that it immediately popped to mind that like when i was in third grade it was school picture day i was getting ready for school picture day but my grandmother didn't like getting up and pressing my hair and i didn't have nothing to wear and i was just crying because i just did not feel good and then my cousin Rhonda was like trying to make my hair these two ponytails and i'm gonna post a picture for y'all on Instagram, so that you can tell me I look beautiful, but it was really a mess, morning and I was just like, I did not feel beautiful. I just it sticks out to me as like uh don't put your beauty in the hands of other people because you can't be waiting for your grandmother to do this, your cousin to do this. You better start getting it together yourself, girl. That's kind of like what I. Wow. Because I didn't feel beautiful. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I had a moment like that, too, when I wanted a jerry curl so bad, Vanessa, but my hair was not long enough for a jerry curl, okay? So I had got the jerry curl, but it was tight, and it was real greasy, and my dad was like, why did you do this to her? And, you know, he didn't have enough bank account in my beauty books for him to give me any critique. You know what I mean? So when he didn't like yeah. it, I was like, oh, I must then not be cute. And then I one time wet, wet my hair. I was going to say wet it, wet my hair. And then I put it, um, and I, I begged my mom so I could go to school with just naturally curly hair. And then she was like, okay, but.
1: She <laughs> said, okay, because you know my mom, she's like, do yes.
0: you I got on the bus, my stuff dried up, and these girls bullied me so bad. They was like, look at her with that nappy hair. I tried to get some rubber bands from this little game when you were in preschool, and I tried to tie my hair up, and I tried to wet it in a water fountain. So I definitely did not feel beautiful. I'm going to try to think about when I did feel
1: beautiful. When did you feel beautiful? Yeah. When was the first time you felt beautiful? Ooh, that's a good question, too. Just because Easter just passed, I can remember one particular Easter where I had this yellow dress. It had a lot of ruffles and I had me a French twist and the (laughs) French twist was popping and my bang was popping and I had my little Socks on, and folded over, and like you just really couldn't tell. Like I was, I thought I was just like the kind. I have that picture too. I'll post it. I thought, and it's probably not that much difference between the other picture and the other picture because beauty is a feeling. But I felt beautiful.
0: Well, Vanessa, I got some responses. A lot of them from the community. The very first response I got is Mm -hmm. not ever. Really, I never felt beautiful. The second one I got is Not Beautiful This Morning. Oh, my goodness. And then somebody else put, I felt beautiful when I gave birth to my daughter at age, or 33 years ago. That's really nice. And then somebody else wrote, the first time, I did not feel beautiful at that school, um, I was the only person of color and I kept getting made fun of because I looked so different and they called me Amazon girl and Oreo and all sorts of things and made fun of my hairstyle. And my mom used to do it for me, swooping it across my forehead. Wow. Y'all they're pouring in. Somebody named Sylvia says I did not feel beautiful in seventh grade after my hair loss due, due to a perm and I was wearing glasses. Oh my God, they're pouring in. I felt most beautiful when I was hearing from people that, I just met that I had a beautiful smile. It makes me think of beauty from the inside. Thank you for all you do and still caring for us, somebody put. The first time I felt beautiful was senior, at senior high school prom. I wore makeup for the first time. I didn't feel beautiful before that. I looked just like my dad, and I didn't think a girl could be beautiful looking like a man. Y'all, this stuff is real. Thank you for being vulnerable. As a child, I felt beautiful because my mom told me every day. day, y'all. Listen, I'm going to repeat that one. As a child, I felt beautiful because my mom told me every day. Even when I was called Tar Baby by family members, my mom would press and braid my hair. But My earliest memory would be in second grade getting ready for spring pictures. Wow, y'all. These are so beautiful and so ugly duckling all my childhood, somebody wrote. Beautiful at my debutante ball at 17 and every time I have professional makeup done. Growing up with my mom, she told me how beautiful I was. Oh, shout out to the moms again. Somebody else felt beautiful when they gave birth. The first time I felt beautiful wasn't until the summer before seventh grade. I felt sexy many times, but not beautiful. She said, I felt sexy many times and pretty sometimes, but never beautiful. Wow. Wow. Sorry. They're coming in so fast. I can't read them. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. The first time I felt beautiful, I knew it for sure was in the fourth grade. <laughs> I had a flowy floral dress. Come on. Yeah. Fourth grade. And, fish
1: yeah. and I have
0: my hairstyle in a flip. Yes, girl. Yes. So as they're coming through, Oh my God, I am 63 years old and I cannot remember feeling beautiful because I have always had a big butt. So I have always turned heads, but Always being a big girl, my sisters didn't think I was beautiful until I had bariatric surgery and lost weight. At a family wedding, she said, wow, you're beautiful. Her words hurt me. Oh my God, Mm y'all. So this is going to be a powerful episode because I want to talk about Black beauty, particularly with Black women. And I thought about it and I was like, one of the most iconic women in the fashion industry is a woman named Grace Jones. If you are young listening to Black History Bootcamp, you may never have heard of Grace Jones. I encourage you, if you're between 18, above 18, to Google her, (laughs) because Grace Jones didn't play. I don't know what you're going to find. But everybody should Google... Uh, boomerang. Grace Jones, yes. Grace Jones, for all of the um, people our age, is, remember, she was Strong J on um, Boomerang, and her real name was Grace Jones, and she really acted like that in real life, like Strong J, is she was cast almost to play herself. Vanessa, I learned so much about Grace Jones because I realized I didn't know anything about her except for her outsized personality and her striking beauty. But I didn't really know anything about the woman. Did you know anything about her?
1: I didn't. And I've really gotten into her recently. My favorite song from her is a French song she sings called La Vie en Rose. And if you YouTube it, she, it's a live performance. Her doing it in her outfit, and her this presence is so beautiful. I have
0: been really getting into grace. That song is beautiful. And you know, speaking of her, I didn't even know she was a singer. I know that's ignorant because I was preparing for this episode. I kind of didn't know she was a singer either until that
1: was thing, until like maybe the last two years or so. Yeah. And that song that we
0: intro to is Pull Up to the Bumper. And it's so good, y'all. And I was playing it yesterday just to prepare for this episode. And the woman who was doing our makeup was singing it word for word. And I was like, you know this Grace Jones song? She said, girl, I work in the industry in New York City. Of course, I know this Studio 54 Grace Jones song pulled up to the bumper, babe, And she was jamming. And I was like, where have I been? So, y'all, Grace Jones was born in Jamaica in 1948. And like so many people whose families had to leave in order to make a way out of no way, she was raised by her grandparents. Her parents went to America to try to get jobs to care for their families, and she was raised by her grandparents. She describes that time as actual she uses the word abuse Vanessa she says they were so physically strict with their punishment that she considers it to be a childhood of abuse and she says they were force fed religion where she had to go into the church all the time they went to church 3 times a week and it was um protestant or charismatic church and the church took up a, a lot of their lives which a lot of us know a lot about that And she says that her first act of rebellion was defending her brother, because her brother, his name was Christian. He was a brilliant musician, and he would play in the church. But according to her own definition of her brother, she said he was squishy, meaning that his sexual identity was not firm. And that was not tolerated by her grandparents, and they were cruel to him. But they celebrated him in public because he was such a good musician, but they were cruel to him at home and she took a stand against it even as a child and so they came down harder on the kids and they made her be more feminine act more feminine and they her grandmother taught her to crochet so Vanessa she said I just became masterful at crocheting I would crochet all the time until my fingers bled and then I would put on band-aids and keep crocheting she was like because she was just a little warrior and she just said that she was had to resist because it was so tight in her in her home and the definition so narrow she also described that in school she was so thin and so dark skinned that the kids made fun of her and they said she would, they called her skinny, they called her ugly. And she just, she had to resist it in order to survive, Vanessa. And she said, so when she left her grandparents' house and she moved to Paris, she became a staple in dance clubs and nightclubs. And she said, and she was essentially dancing her meditation of beauty, finding her beauty, celebrating her own body when the world rejected it, celebrating her own sexuality when it had been so harshly repressed in her childhood. And so she would she was just in the dance scene in the 60s in Paris. And she was discovered finding herself and celebrating herself and in that beautiful light, people were drawn to her and so there but when people came to her they didn't understand because they couldn't put her in a box so they called her things like striking like um exotic even grotesque i told you she had what she called her like creative partner who eventually became her man this guy named good and he was like a performance artist you know this is the the time of like andy warhol which she was friends with and he was also inspired by her and this guy good was like oh you know she's the woman or man, she's the future. You know, and he like right. totally objectified her. And she was like, right. she's beautiful in her grotesqueness. And, you know, she must be That's controlled. What I
1: remember about the great shows, like how people would describe her almost as like beautiful about her, but the beauty somehow came from like the opposite of what we thought or were you know, in this way that did it, it felt like a backhanded compliment.
0: Yeah, and it was like when people can't understand you, they want to reduce you to what they can with their words. And so this yes. word exotic is violent because it's so reductive. And, you know, I, I watched this VH1 special about her preparing for this, and it was all these celebrities like Ice-T, who I know you love and I love too, debating whether she was beautiful or not. And I was like, what right exactly. do you have? To talk about whether or not she's beautiful when you're... I'm not even going to talk about his wife, but I'm just saying, like, I'm not going to do it, but I'm just saying... It's gross to project that onto somebody. you're just, It's gross to talk about. No, I said it was gross. Gross from you, not to talk about Oh, beauty. gross. It is <laughs> gross, gross, girl. Because yes, you gross. know what I want to say about I that know, lady's booty. But I'm stuff. glad you
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> But yeah, okay, I'm, see you, you, I'm going. So she got discovered, and they knew there was something about this woman's confidence that was almost otherworldly. They were like, where does this come from? Where does it, and so they wanted to study her, Vanessa, and she became a specimen of the fashion world. She is credited with becoming a supermodel, but she was an actress and she was a performer, like almost like performance art with her fashion, with her beauty, with her personality. I didn't know half of the stuff she did, Vanessa, but all of it, when I watch her interviews, did not come from a place of shock and awe.
1: It came from a place of
0: revolution, like I like. There was something that she said. She said she used to carry egg, eggs in her purse to throw at French taxicabs, and I was like, okay, Grace, but that's probably not the best decision. Hashtag Will Smith. <laughs> I was like, that's probably not the best decision. But then she said she would stand in the cold in Paris and raise her hand to hail a taxi, and they would zoom by her like with and, and throw sle- like slush from the streets to this woman and she said so I just started fighting back and I would just throw an egg out the window and say now you got to go to the car washers (laughs) you know what I mean and I think when you think about it like that from a justice lens she's almost a hero Yeah, she's not like recklessly violent but she's like no I won't do this another example of that is she was like I traveled so much and I didn't have money and these airlines kept raising the fees of baggage she said so I just wore all my clothes (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Uh, More than anybody defines herself for herself. And so she was saying that people used to say she looked like a man. So she said, I just embraced what was masculine about me and found great beauty in it. And she said, people think or ask if I'm sexy or not. She goes, I don't care if they think I'm sexy. I care that I am indulging in my own sexual experience with myself. And I was like, what? Like, it sounds like a revelation. I'm not talking on some like vapid masturbation. I'm talking about experiencing your full sexuality through your dress, through the way you look at the world. She describes the way she looks at the world in 360. She said she experiences the world in 360. And that when she's on stage, she feels the power of the audience, like that she can kind of absorb it and radiate it back in 360 degrees and she said so sometimes she just felt like even clothes constrained her and she would have to take them off and I was like this woman was iconic iconic. And so when I saw, and to think that she was called an ugly duckling and abused for who she was as a child, I'm saying like, is something that isn't, in, it's inspiring her growth. And it's why she's called like the disco queen. And it's why so many people, actually my friend Renny, shout out to Renny and so many people in the LBT community celebrate Grace Jones for her courage to be exactly who she was. And I celebrate her as somebody who can be quite handsome. I (laughs) I was like listen I'm certainly heterosexual and I'm certainly handsome often you know what I mean like I just be like I got some strong cheekbones and when I saw myself in her and I want there to be wide enough definition where you can be who you are and people don't put you in some kind of box that you must be this or you must be that or you're you're beautiful or you're not beautiful and so Vanessa I saw a picture of Grace young cuz I figured she was kind of like a lone person with this good French white guy and like with you know Andy Warhol and them and at Studio 54 and that maybe she wasn't that connected with black people no more. I was really just kind of thinking that. But then Vanessa, I saw her in a picture with Naomi Campbell and Amon and they were laughing
1: and shaking back. And I was like, oh, they were a strong-up crew. That's, That's like the best get-together crew ever. Yes, and if
0: you don't know who Amon is, there's a beauty story here, y'all. So Amon was born in Somalia, and she was born to kind of well-off diplomatic parents. She spoke five languages. She was tall. She had this forehead forever, this neck forever. I mean, and she walked regally because she was from a regal background. Her family was diplomats. She spoke five languages. She went to school in Nairobi to university, and she was studying She was studying to be a translator. And she's walking down the street, and another white guy saw her, immediately objectified her, and said, I need to take your pictures immediately. Well, she said it felt like prostitution. She was like, I don't know you. I'm a student. I'm a professional. My parents are like, I don't know you. But she said he offered to give her some money, and she was like, I don't have enough money for my school tuition. So already this kind of brokering is like crazy. So I think it was like 8000 whatever the currency is there. And he gave her the money for the pictures. He went back to New York or wherever he was from, and immediately when he, when he dissolved the – not dissolved the pictures, but in the black room, whatever you do, he saw how strikingly beautiful this woman was. And from those pictures, he called and begged her, please, 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 please come and be a supermodel. Well... She eventually said yes. He brought her on the plane, and as she was coming on the plane, he had constructed a whole story about her, Vanessa, that she came from the jungles of Africa, and he had a whole paparazzi waiting at the airport for Amman talking about she came from the jungles of Africa. She said, first of all, I come from Somalia. That's a desert. I've never been to the jungle.
1: She was like, Amber, here's the new
0: And they were speaking to him and not her because they assumed she didn't speak English. And she was like, I speak English and I speak five other languages. She was like, and she said, but throughout her career, they had to play up this role that she was like from some village or some, some hut or from some jungle in order for her to even be tolerated in the fashion industry. She needed to be exotic. She couldn't just be beautiful. So it makes sense that they had something in common. And then Naomi Naomi Campbell, you already know. Those people
1: are from Jamaica too. So when you were which I didn't know. Grace Jones is actually recently come to it because I always think of her as like a region, quite frankly. But if you think about that, these are two just island girls, right? Like,
0: yes, yeah, and gorgeous, like almost
1: every Like, walking down the
0: street, right? Walking down the street, and gonna like, do all of y'all look like Lupita? Like, everybody look like Lupita? I mean, it's right. just like. So I'm just saying, and I feel like that in our community, but the difference is that we have, I tell somebody this all the time. I I tell people this all the time. They say, when did you move to Ghana and why? And I said, because when I saw people in Ghana was the first time I felt beautiful, that I saw my own beauty, that I would be like, oh, her clavicles, I think are my clavicles and they look really beautiful. Or, oh, I think I have a chin like that. You know what I mean? And I thought the people on the continent were so beautiful but then in reflection it must mean that I was beautiful and I didn't see it I did I had believed the hype for so long the feedback loop for so long that black women are ugly and I couldn't
1: shake it yeah and And we we and we projected onto each other by the way so it's not we can't have a conversation in which we're just like, Oh yeah, that is what they do to us because we have to ask like in what ways are we, um, the girls who bullied you when you called you nappy hair, the girls who who by the way just usually don't feel beautiful themselves, see something in that another person and then try to call it out in them so it doesn't get called out in themselves. But it happens so much and it's heartbreaking.
0: But it also happens as adults in these kind of this kind of soft violence where you only get complimented when you have eyelashes on, yeah. or when you have on, you know, a lace front. But you don't right. get complimented when when your skin is radiant. You know what I mean? Or like I these did. other sorts of things.
1: I was just talking uh, about this with uh, just one of our trekkers too. So her name, we were just oh, the two women who I was walking with, Lori, shout out to her, and Jen, who are my two new walkers in D.C. And we were talking about salt and pepper. And I was saying that Paul Teppel was my ultimate beauty icon growing up. Like there was not one thing you couldn't tell me that they weren't the most beautiful woman in the world. I would go and get the high care magazine, what they wanted. And then, But as they have evolved and as of late, they themselves have adapted their beauty to this very hyper lace front wig, extra contour looking type things that I'm just like, on purpose that they wasn't the bias back then, and that they had to because they just look crazy to me now. Like that's the only way I could explain it. the all produce got to be real. Where I just was like, they must not have felt beautiful. I like, mean, it's the same thing about Little Kim, where it's just like we can't be mocking her, or making fun of her. We have to ask ourselves like, at what point and how does she not see that she was the bias and the baddest on hard So, oh, No,
0: I told Vanessa this, and I'll tell um, our street historians this too that. That's what I'm calling y'all. I'm just I'm working on it. Y'all <laughs> like it? Y'all like it? I, I, I try to roll it into senses right there. But well, first of all, I went to get some lashes because my lashes are anemic.
1: <laughs> they should be like, <laughs> and
0: so I went to get some lashes, and the lady was like, "Oh, girl, you need Botox right here, right here, right here." She's literally touching my face, and I was like, "But those are my laugh lines, and I like to laugh." That's what I told her. And then she couldn't say nothing to that because I'm confident. But I'm saying if it had been a day when I didn't feel confident, which have been plenty of days in my life, I would have been like, okay, how much do it cost? Okay. But you know what I mean? Because so there's a pressure and people be getting you in the week and people are mean. People are mean. They just are. They don't mean to be. It's mean when you say people look tired. It's mean when you say people look anything and you just... I'm trying to get out of the habit, Vanessa, and I know we've talked about this before, of commenting at all on people's either beauty or not, physical beauty, because it's so sensitive for all of us. But I haven't been successful at it. I haven't been successful at it. It's so ingrained in us.
1: It's like one of those comfort things, like the, how do you feel the awkward silence? You you immediately comment on somebody's look.
0: Yeah, I think so too. You look pretty today. You look tired today. So maybe what we can do is maybe take a week off of doing that with one another and just try to compliment something on their content of their character.
1: But we also have to stop commenting on our own looks because one of the things that I notice that people do a lot is if they is like put their own self down in like a self deprecating way or in a let me say this like, oh girl, I look a mess today. Like I don't, every person who's been on a Zoom call. In the last year, I guarantee you has experiences where as soon as the camera's on, somebody is apologizing for the way that they look. Like, it happens so much on Zoom for me that I'm just like, what is this thing? Like, we don't, like, ooh, I know I'm a mess today, or ooh, this, or a girl this. Like, a little bit, we also do it to ourselves in this way that we, if we're going to take a week off, we should just take a week off of that. Like, let's take a week off of even having to explain how I look. Like, I don't need to explain to you why I got no eyebrows today. Or I don't need to explain to you. And you and I do this a lot. That's what I'm saying. Like, we'll be yeah. like, ooh, my skin is no, acting just- girl, this or that. and it's, it's like a, you know, but we're doing it out of some sort of, like, both a discomfort and a need to feel accepted. And I, I want to put this out before you say something because I think you probably were thinking it. You know, like, there, it's so complex.
0: It's also like a desire to be every day. Sometimes, too, that we are like, well, I can be vulnerable and I don't have to yeah. put on this armor of makeup every day. You know, it's one of the things that actually I remember so vividly in my mind when I met you is because you used to wear these long, 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 speaking of Naomi Campbell, like braids, like all the way down your waist. And then one time you came to work with no braids and you had some plaits in your hair and you didn't even mention it. <laughs> oh, there you go never mentioned it, which really kind of piqued my interest. And I, and I didn't mention it. You didn't mention it. And I was just yeah. like, that level of confidence is something that it took a long time for me to embrace too. And so part of yeah. what is fun on Zoom is if you come on looking very different and just don't say nothing. Let's practice right. that confidence. <laughs> let's yeah. practice,
1: that, let's yeah. practice that confidence. Oh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then I had read a study or somebody told me that I don't remember about the kind of depression that comes from Zoom and there's like some kind of mirror effect where it's the equivalent of looking in the mirror for four or five hours every single day and how sometimes even turning your own camera off for yourself or the view of yourself and just putting it on the speaker is healthy because you're constantly scrutinizing your own face, your own looks in comparison to other people. So just be aware even of this technology and what you and the our
1: all this time. I really do because you start even your own reaction you're looking at and then you're wondering, are you? It's too much psychologically. We are not ready for all this technology and how it has impacted our brains. And I I think that that's a smart thing for people to start to evaluate and be more conscious and aware of.
0: Yeah, me too me too and you know it's interesting somebody just texted me and said are you sure it's Naomi Campbell because I think she's too young and I am and she was younger than Grace Jones I'll, send, I'll post the picture but there's mm-hmm. also Beverly Johnson they were like it may be Beverly yeah. Johnson who was her contemporary mm-hmm. one of the things I found so interesting is that Beverly Johnson was not actually the first black supermodel cover girl that it was actually a woman named Danielle Luna and even her her last name she was oh here it goes Danielle Luna, as she later became known, was born Peggy Ann Freeman from Detroit. So first
1: of all, first of all that
0: pretty much tell you what you need to know. Exactly. Danielle Luna, the reason she's not celebrated because she is she first of all, she was on the cover of Vogue, the British Vogue, not American Vogue like Beverly Johnson. Everybody says Beverly Johnson was the first black supermodel, but it was actually Danielle Luna. But the reason why people don't celebrate her as much is because she had a very complex relationship with her blackness. And she changed her last name to Luna to say she was mulatto and mixed with all these different ethnicities. And and people said she was often passing. And this was... Like in the 60s, it wasn't a lot, you know what I mean? And that she rejected her African Americanness. I mean, she was African American from Detroit, too. And she was, no, shut out
1: no, no You were like, no, because <laughs> Vanessa. There's, levels, you there's like, levels to this. There's levels to this. I'm trying to say yes. From Providence, Rhode no, there's not levels. It, it is
0: a little bit different than being from Detroit, where blackness is, like, uh, palpable. So the black community during the 60s was like, we're not claiming this. You know what I mean? Right. And like, we're not, we not... Not in the middle of black and I'm proud, yeah. No, no, no. So when Beverly Johnson came out, who came from a working-class family in, like, upstate New York somewhere on the East Coast, and she was going to college for, like, business. So, you know, she was like... It was just like an African-American, like, you know, woman. And she got into, on American Vogue, she played the part of Black beauty, which is just a whole nother complexity. Like, even within our community, we have to be the right kind of beautiful. You know what I mean? Where the whole rest of the world can celebrate our beauty as being beautiful, but Black people want you to be this other very specific kind of beautiful. You know, it's like this whole controversy when people are saying dark-skinned girls can't wear red lipstick and all this kind of stuff. Yet in Paris, they're on the runways. You know what I mean? So it's like even that feels a little bit violent for black women out there. So I actually want to end in some affirmations and self-talk maybe for ourselves, Vanessa. We brought up a lot of like actual pain that people are feeling. Like my, my email is still blowing up of people saying how... Unbeautiful, they feel. I don't. Is unbeautiful a word not beautiful? And that to me, first of all, makes me feel not alone. So I appreciate it. I appreciate people who are saying that. And then I deeply appreciate the ones where they where people are saying someone told me I was beautiful over and over and over when I was little, because it takes that because the world outside of your home is constantly telling us we're not beautiful that we're not thin enough or we're not curvy enough, that we're too dark or too light, that we are too tall or or too short. You know, I mean, just so many different things that just feels not right. So I am picturing the face. I want you to hold the face, Vanessa, of the women who are closest to you every day. They may be people... For people outside walking, it might be people in your household that you have women, your daughters, or maybe your mother lives with you. Think of the photos in your house and who are pictured in those photos. For me, it's my niece, it's my mother, and my aunt. Think of the people you work with. Hold on, particularly to Black women that you work with, and see their faces. And look for the beauty in every one of their faces. Is it their lips? Is it their skin? Is it the glint in their eyes? Is it the way she laughs hearty? Is it the way she jumps to help? Is it the rosiness in her cheeks or her high forehead or her impossibly thin waist or her round and healthy belly? I'm thinking about the woman we work with, Vanessa, and, like, Every time I see China's face, I am delighted.
1: <laughs> like her face is so oh cute. It's I know. like hard.
0: And I had to stop myself because I'm trying not to even comment on anybody's looks or anything because I just don't like it when people do it to me and you. I don't mind, actually, because I was feeling happy when people said we looked beautiful yesterday because we did try. <laughs> we really did. So I appreciate it. Don't I, You guys don't have to feel any kind of way about that, but... But China, I used to always be
1: like, "Hey, China Bear," which she watch not the yeah. she looks so
0: adorable all the time. Um, or I think about the way that Michelle blinks constantly. For all we know,
1: China wants to look fierce, not adorable. Right? You know what I'm saying? That's so like, right. She might be in her mind like, "No, I look like Grace Jones, and that's what my beauty is." You keep calling me just a bear over here, and it's like <laughs> you just don't know. This is so pretty. Her skin
0: looks so pretty all the time. But like every single person on our team, I just I want st- to. You know, we we talk about a lot finding your light, which is half of half of the issue in the beauty game. First of all, y'all, we have had the great fortune no. of being around some of these people in these magazines and stuff. Trust you, me, from here and there. Them is smoke and mirrors. <laughs> all that
1: stuff you see. It's smoke
0: and mirrors and it's people having good light, good makeup, all that kind of stuff. So what I'm suggesting is that we all find our light. There's no way you can't know that you're beautiful when you're standing in the sunlight. There's no way you just feel it dancing through you. So let's find our light in each other, in ourselves. As we go into this week, into this weekend, put on something that makes you feel alive Because you know what's beautiful? Feeling alive is beautiful. That's what's beautiful. It's undeniable when your aura stretches beyond you. It is undeniable and radiant. And you all have the capacity to be that. We're not always beautiful, y'all. In fact, sometimes I'm downright ugly and I can feel it in myself. I don't need nobody to tell me. But boy, when I tap into beauty... I don't need nobody to tell me that either. And so we will summon Grace Jones' audacity to be who we truly are. Absolutely ravishing and astonishing and channeling all of the good energy and light around us. Let's promise to do that as we walk today. Promise to do that as we walk. With every step, know that you're beautiful. With every step, Feel beautiful in your own skin, see it in your own eyes. Look for the light, look for the radiance, look in the mirror, look at your reflections. Remember, but that's how I used to tell you that you used to always look at your reflections when we were walking. Mm-hmm. I do, and I was like, Why is she doing that?
1: <laughs>
0: but really, what I meant is, I don't want to see my own reflection. That's really what I, when I was judging you, mm-hmm. I was like, who is this person who can make eye contact with themselves so frequently? I'm asking everybody out there to look at your reflection
1: and study and appreciate yourself and get to know yourself and fall in love with yourself and make a case for yourself to yourself.
0: Yes. Beautiful note to end on. My ending song seems less appropriate. It is Prince, I want to be a lover. Okay. <laughs> But I do know that Amber and Toya and I was in a fashion show. The reason why I picked it was for a very personal reason. And we were in you know Brooks Brothers, like that mall yes, store that I has suits they wanted to do like a Grace Jones cover and so they got some college students me, Amber, and Toya and you couldn't tell us we were not supermodels in this um, church fashion show and they had oversized men's suits on us and we looked good okay and so we were walking and they played this song as we were walking so as you walk I want you to strut like Grace Jones or Naomi Campbell or Naomi Sims or Beverly Johnson or Iman any supermodel Tyra Shout out to you for keeping their legacy alive. Any supermodel that you can think of, I want you to
1: strut out on those streets, y'all. Be well, and here goes our closing out song.